0: Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the least of these podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much, and God bless you.
1: Amen. I'm going to exchange that old rugged cross one day for a crown. Well, we're going to be back in the book of John this morning, we're going to be back in chapter 2. And uh, remember the book of John is about the seven key signs, the seven key miracles. That every time John mentions one of these miracles, it's a miracle with a message. It's the Greek word simeon. It means a miracle with a message. And every time he writes down one of these signs where Jesus... Turns the water into wine. He heals the nobleman's son. He heals the blind man. He heals the lame man. He feeds the 5,000 and uh, walks on the water and stills the storm. Every time he does one of these miracles, John is saying that he is proclaiming that he is Jesus Christ, the one who created everything, the one who sustains everything, the one who did it all, and he is the only one that can do that. This week, we we want to talk about the fact that in John chapter 2, we'll talk about how he cleaned out the temple. We we'll want to finish that up this morning. But you know, this whole book was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ. And John says in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 that these things were written. What things? These signs were written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believe and we might have life in His name because there's life in no one else. Acts 4.12 says, There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. And that word men means men and women. That's mankind. Anthropos. And so remember last week we were in John chapter 2. And we were in verse 12, and we finished up somewhere down here in about verse uh, 19 or 20, about where Jesus said He destroyed the temple. But let's go back just for a minute and talk about what we talked about last week just to rehearse and uh, refresh our minds a little bit. Remember in chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, Jesus performed that first miracle of changing the water into wine, and He did that, that we might... Know that he was the source of life, that he was God over nature, he was God over time, because only God can take water and turn it into wine. Remember, there were some principles there that we need to do what Jesus tells us to do, when he tells us to do it, and how he tells us to do it, and that they were, had this empty religion, and Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only one that can save us and forgive us. And so as we got to verse 12 through uh, about 20 last week, we saw that Jesus went into Jerusalem during the Passover of the Jews. And during that period of time, the, every male was required to go up there every year. And they were required to bring those animals because the Passover was that time that would be this coming Friday. Every male would bring these animals and they would be required to sacrifice these lambs and all these animals because it was a picture of what Jesus Christ would do. And it was a picture of looking back to when Israel came out of Egypt and they had to put that blood up there on the top of the doorpost and the lentils and the death angel passed over, Jesus passed over, but everyone that didn't believe in the blood they were the firstborn in that family were killed that was the time that Jesus delivered them out of the bondage under Egypt and it was a picture of Egypt's always a picture of sin and he was going to take them to the promised land and the promised land is a picture of the life that we can have in Jesus Christ here on earth that joy that peace that abundant life And God was delivering them out of that sin and delivering them out of that bondage. And the Bible says that whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And so that's why people today, they get addicted to drugs and get addicted to all kinds of things. And we have a sin problem. It it starts out as as one thing and it ends up being a habit. And then it ends up being an addiction. And so as we get to this section, we saw that Jesus was God because He was the one that had the authority. He was the one that had the ability to come in and clean out the temple because He had a holy zeal for God's worship and God's house because Jesus is God. And so He came in and He cleansed the temple. He kicked out all the people doing business. And remember, they were charging these exorbitant prices. They were ripping people off. They were charging 20 or 30 times the normal cost for an animal. And then the people would bring that perfect animal in there that was required for the sacrifice. And guess what? The people would say, oh, that animal's not good enough. Here, we'll sell you one of ours. And then they had to exchange their money because they had to have a particular coin that was more pure that the Jews used to give it a, a sacrifice at the temple. And they would exchange that money and they would charge them exorbitant rates for that also. And so Jesus made that whip of course and He drove the animals out. He overturned the money tables. And then He told them to take the doves out because He didn't want to turn them loose because they would have got away and then He would have been considered, I guess, causing them a loss of some kind. And so He says... and. Verse 18, or excuse me, 16. Do not make my Father's house a house of merchandise. And then his disciples, remember that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. And then verse 18, the Jews answered. Remember every time John, just about every time John uses the word Jews, he's talking about the powers that be. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the ones that had their own religious system. That uh, had made up all these laws and all these things and said you got to go to heaven by doing this and doing that. And Jesus came in in Matthew 5 and said that, you know, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. In other words, you don't have the law because he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he says, y'all have added all this stuff to what God intended. And man can't even keep the law that God gave originally because God gave it to show us that we needed a Savior because we couldn't keep it on our own. And we can't definitely couldn't keep all the stuff that they added to it. And so they said, What signs do you show us since you do these things? These folks were always wanting to sign, weren't they? Always wanting to sign. And so Jesus answered verse 19 and said to them, destroy this temple in three days I will raise it up he gave them the same answer he basically they asked a a little bit later on they say you know what sign will you give us he says I'll give you the sign of Jonah in the well Jonah was in the well three days and three nights and then he, he came out of the well and he says so shall the son of man be basically he does the same thing he says kill my body and he's talking about destroying this temple. In three days I will raise it up. And the Jews didn't really understand. They said it's taken 46 years to build this temple. When you raise it up in three days? They thought he was talking about destroying this temple complex that they had been working on for 46 years. But it says in verse 21, "...but he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them." And they believed the Scripture and the Word that Jesus had said. So Jesus is God because He had the authority, the zeal, and the ability to clean up His temple, God's temple. Jesus is God because He is the only one that can resurrect Himself from the grave. And then thirdly, we'll look in verses 23 through 25 this morning, and we may get into chapter 3 a little bit. He says, Now when He was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in His name when they saw the signs which He did. But Jesus did not commit Himself to them, because He knew all men, and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for He knew what was in man. So the third reason Jesus is God, because it says here that many believed in His name. And usually when it talks about believing in His name, a lot of times it's talking about really truly being saved because in John 1 verse 12 it says, to as many as believed in His name, to them He gave eternal life, the right to become the children of God. But here, these people are believing because they saw signs and they heard what He had to say, and but they were just kind of uh believing because of what they saw you know today there's a lot of times people will believe for just a little while they will believe and they like what they see and they like you know the idea of being in a church they like the idea of you know going to heaven they like the idea of you know coming to church and singing the songs and doing all the things but you know Jesus told a parable about four souls, four seeds. And it said that the one the, the word was preached and the soul was basically the soul didn't receive it because it wasn't interested in the gospel. They never heard it. And so the seed the soul never sprang up anything from it. And there was a second one and he said that that it grew for a little while, but it had no root in itself. And it never bore any fruit because when the cares and the riches of this world came, they walked away. In other words, some people believe for a little while until they find out. They decide they like this world with the cares and the riches of it more than they want to trust Jesus. Because what did Jesus say? Jesus said, take up your cross daily, deny yourself and follow me. He says, whoever wants to gain his life shall lose his life, right? I call it the life of opposites. I heard a man say yesterday that God adds by subtraction. In other words, when He gives you something good in your life, He takes away the old junk, the worldly stuff. In other words, Jesus said if you give up your life, you'll have eternal life. But he says if you'll give up houses and lands and property or you'll deny yourself and follow me, then you'll have everlasting life. And so whatever the world tells us to do today, the world says get it while you can. Do whatever you can to get it. Get all you can. And get, get over on the people before they get over on you, right? Somebody's called this the new millennium. I don't know who that was. But uh, it's the new millennium because it's all about me. And everywhere we look, we see the commercials, you know, American Idol and all these shows and all these commercials. You deserve a break today. Have it your way. You know, just do it, whatever. And that's just a few of the ones. But the world tells us to have it our way, to do our own thing. Don't worry about nobody else. You know, and But Jesus said there's a different kind of life. There's a life of self-sacrifice. There's a life of giving up. And Jesus says, if you're willing to give it up for me, I'll give you everything one day in heaven. And so it's sort of like the Midas commercial. You can pay me now or pay me later. You know, you can either have it all now. Thank you for getting it all anyway. And end up in hell one day or else you can be willing to give it all up and one day you get it all in heaven because the Bible says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing that we have all His riches in the heavenly places and one day we'll be heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ so because of the cares and the riches of this world people walk away from Jesus because they realize that they want the stuff of this world more than they do Jesus and so they never really truly trust in Jesus. They have a little bit of you know belief for a while. And then there's another group that because of the persecution of the word, what do they do? They walk off. 1 John 2:19 says they went out from us because they were not of us. Had they been of us, they would have no doubt remained with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest or evident that they were never of us. And so the last one, you remember in John 15, Jesus says, I am divine and year the branches, and if anyone abides in me, he will bear much fruit. And the fourth soil is the one that it says it bears fruit, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundredfold. But the Bible says if there's no root, there's no fruit. Now that's not not exactly in the Bible, but that's how you sum it up. If, if I cut a branch off the tree out there, it's going to die, right? If it's Even if it's got a little apple or a little pear or whatever it's got or a blossom on it, it's going to die. And the same thing, Jesus says, without me you can do nothing. The people that walk off are the people who never really truly believe. And if you remember later on, Jesus that comes to a time where Jesus starts getting serious about His ministry. And He starts telling them about how He's going to go to the cross and how He's going to die on the cross for their sins. And He tells them that they're going to have to give up their houses and their cars and their their families. They may have to give that up. He's just saying, you've got to be willing to be able to give that up if I call you to. But He says, if you give it up, I'll give you a hundredfold in the kingdom. But you know what? he said he tells these folks he he starts telling them about how they'll have to eat his flesh and drink his blood he's not really talking about you know cannibalism but what he's saying is you'll have to deal with the things that I've dealt with in this world you'll have to go through the problems I've gone through you'll have to suffer you'll have to have all these things that I'm going through today you you you'll have to suffer some of those things because the bible says all who desire to be godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. But it also says that the suffering of this world is not worthy to be considered with the glory which we'll have in heaven. The Bible says that one seed produce fruit. One out of four. And The Bible says narrow is the way, straight is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. There's only one way. It's Jesus Christ, Him alone. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to save you. Because He died on that cross, died in your place, and died for your sins. But most people say, well, i got to do something to get into heaven. I want to work. I want to get baptized. I want to do this. I want to do that. But Jesus said it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's by grace through faith. Jesus realizes later on he tells these folks and they all start to leave. You remember what happens? Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, will you leave me too? I mean, Jesus had crowds and crowds and crowds of people following him everywhere. Everywhere he went, they were all following him. And all of a sudden, he began to get serious about the faith. Telling what the Christian life was all about. And they all began to drift away. These are the very same people that believed in His name. Because they only believed superficially because they wanted all the good stuff Jesus had. They wanted the things they saw. They saw, They wanted the food. They wanted the, all the miracles, the sight, the healings. They wanted all the things that Jesus had for them, the good stuff. But they didn't want none of the tough stuff. Later on, Peter says, that same day, he says, Peter looks at Jesus and he says, To whom will we go? You have the words of life. You're the only one. We're not going anywhere, Jesus. We know who you are, even if it costs us everything. We're still going to follow you. Was that old song, uh, Though none go with me, I still will follow. You know, and and, and I love that song because... Sometimes we feel like we're walking that road along. But here it says, Many believed when they saw the signs which He did. But Jesus did not commit Himself to them because He knew all men. If we looked in the Bible and we could spend, and I don't want to sit here and beat us down too much, but Romans 3 says there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that does good. None, 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 none says over and over and over again through verse 23. And then when we get to verse 23, He says all the sin that comes short of the glory of God. But He tells us the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, because He was God, He had no need that anybody should testify of man, for He knew what was in man. You know, the Bible tells us about a man named Lot. You remember Lot? The Bible says he was a righteous man. But you know what he did? He saw all the world, and he saw all the things in the world over there in Sodom, and he decided he just kind of got looking at it every day. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Next thing you know, he moves into Sodom. Next thing you know, he's sitting in the city gate. That means he was one of the leaders. And it cost him everything. And it says that, that, that Lot's righteous soul was vexed day by day because of the sin that he was in and around. Can you imagine what it was like for Jesus to be here on this earth and to realise every day he was being exposed to that sin because of all the people around him. But yet he he knew he had a plan, he knew he had a purpose. And He came to die on that cross so that we might have eternal life. And next week we'll get into chapter 3 where we talk see about a man named Nicodemus that comes and he doesn't even understand all this stuff. But Jesus tells him, God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life because God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so Jesus knew that these people would walk off. Jesus knew that these people were just believing because of the signs they had seen. Everybody wants the good stuff, but nobody wants the tough stuff when it comes to Jesus. You know, and it seems like to me today that the church has forgotten that we are here to to give our lives for Jesus because He's promised that this little chunk of time, this little 90, 100, 120 years, I think it's 1 in 2 billion live to be 116. 1 in 2 billion live to be 116. So if you happen to be one of those that lives to be 116, that's only just like, if you take the ocean out there, it's like one drop of water in the ocean of eternity. I mean, imagine one grain of sand on all of, out of all the grains that are on this earth. Imagine one star out of the universe. Out of all the universes. Imagine one drop of water in the ocean. That's what our lifetime is. James says it's like a vapor that quickly passes away. That's our lifetime compared to eternity. If Jesus died for us, can't we give Him that little bit of time? To have all of eternity. Um, I think I just thought of a song we, we'll sing, Amazing Grace. But get to the end of our life and we're up there in heaven. The Amazing Grace says when we've been dead 10,000 years, we've just begun to praise Him. and And that's the way it'll be. Because this lifetime is just so short. And so if you have not committed your life to Christ, you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, ask Him to forgive you today. Ask Him to save you today. Because the God that created all of this and everything else and holds it all together, He died in your place and He died for your sins and He came to earth and He subjected Himself to all this stuff that's down here so that we might have eternal life. He did it because He loved us so much. That's what God said. He loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. His one and only unique Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And everlasting life is not only a quantity of life, but it's also a quality of life. Just as God wanted to put take the Israelites out of Egypt and put them in the uh, promised land he says I'll give you you know, houses and land and property and trees and and fruit and stuff that you didn't work for you didn't plant, you didn't do anything but I'm going to prepare it all for you Jesus said I come that you might have life life abundantly I come that you might have joy that you might have peace but what happened? most of those people died in the wilderness because you know what? they didn't trust God they didn't believe in God the way they ought to have And so they never had the joy, the peace, the abundant life that God wanted to give them in the promised land. But that's what He promises us. Yeah, we're going to have tough times in this world. You'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And it's going to be tough sometimes. But Jesus said, my peace I leave you. Not as the world leaves it. But I give you a different kind of peace. Philippians 4.6 says that there's a peace that passes all understanding. Don't be anxious about anything. And so we can have joy, peace, and the abundant life in spite of all the things that go on around us if we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Well, let's pray and let's close. And if you don't know Jesus today, right there in the quietness of your heart, you just cry out and say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I've hurt you. I've done so many things wrong. And I want to be forgiven today. I want to go to heaven. And you just tell Him you want to do it because of what Jesus did on that cross. That you realize that He died in your place. He died for your sins. And there's nothing that you or I could ever do to earn it, to deserve it, to pay for it. But as the old song says, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Because sin had left a crimson stain and He washes us white as snow. And you tell Him today, and if you truly believe that He did that, and He heard your prayer, and he, he took, you took Him at His Word, that's called faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So if you believe that He heard your prayer and answered it, and you tell Him today, thank you. Because if you did that today and you truly meant it and truly believed it, He says, whoever believes in Me shall have eternal life. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Some are locked up in bodies that don't work and in the nursing home facility, in the wheelchair, the bed they cannot get out of. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems or their parents. They aren't doing right. they their cries we want to have a real family. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up in the jail and the prison, to those locked up in addictions to drugs, alcohol, depression and suicidal thoughts and a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who jesus wants them to be he came to give us life and to set us free and these folks are not free but we can set them free through christ jesus at least in their minds and their spirits we minister in the local area of savannah georgia and surrounding effingham and chatham we do about 2,000 services every year we hope and pray that you'll support us in some way so we can continue our mission go to hisloveministries.net and click on the donate now button And we hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you.